Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodney Taylor, a.k.a. the Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Welcome, welcome, welcome to an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live. I am your host, Jawan, and today we have an amazing show on tab for you guys. I want to start off by introducing our panelists, starting with Nick. What's going on, Nick? What up, man? How you doing? I'm doing really good. I am super excited to talk all the trailers that we have to talk about today, man. Indeed. Yeah, me too. It is good to have you back again, Nick. I just love when the three of us are all together doing this podcast, man. It is literally like the best way to either end a week or to start a week, depending on what Sunday is for you. Uh, <laughs> but it is definitely a lot of fun. Um, and uh, also, Tia, what's going on, Tia? Hey, guys. How are you? Really excited to be doing this show today. We have a lot of trailers to talk about. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. But before we get into our trailers, um, I wanted to give a shout-out to our friends over at West Coast Geek. Um, Head over to their website at westcoastgeek.com. They offer tons of great items from awesome T-shirts, hoodies, artwork, and even toys and collectibles. So when you head over there and check out all that cool stuff, um, just know that you can use code GEEKVIBES, all caps, um, and you can save 20% off of your purchase. Remember, that is the code is GEEKVIBES um, at westcoastgeek.com. Um, so huge shout-out to them. And let's just jump right into it. Let's start off with the trailer that I think probably stole the show out of all the trailers, um, and that's Joker. Um, I, I did not personally need to see anything else um, promotional-wise. Uh, I think I was sold from the first one. Um, but this was kind of the same trailer, just a few added scenes to it. Um, I thought it was great. Now, the one issue, and let me not even say issue, the one thing I'm most curious about is I thought the evolution of Joker, there would be a tonal shift in um, how he goes about his dialogue. But he kind of sounds the same. Um, he has, he looks more confident when you see him in full Joker, he's a thousand percent more confident. Um, but I was curious if the voice would change. So to see him say, when you introduce me, can you introduce me as Joker? I was just like, that line kind of fell a little flat to me. Cause it was like, I don't know what I was expecting voice wise. Um, but I, I guess something a little different once he truly became Joker. But Nick, tell me how stupid I am for, for even caring about that and, and <laughs> what your thoughts were on the trailer, on the final trailer for Joker? Uh, well, it didn't hit me. Um, I mean, it, uh, it, that's something that you thought. That's something that you thought. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily stupid. Um, but, I mean, I, I, it didn't resonate with me as something that I was like, huh. Um, but, no, I love the trailer, man. It um, it really kind of hits home, uh, like, what, what kind of movie this is going to be. It obviously um, – 
takes place like in the early 80s is kind of what it seems like um, and has that whole kind of vibe around it. Uh, it definitely has some some um, seemingly has a lot of Scorsese influence in it with both Taxi Driver and uh, King of Comedy um, as far as kind of uh, like a blueprint as far as what they're kind of working off of, which I think is really, really cool. Um, and it's getting, you know, great reviews, which that is also, uh, like, I think it got like a eight minute long standing ovation at, at its, uh, one of its showings. Um, yeah. so that's like, that's definitely promising. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the trailer looks awesome. Uh, I, the scene where he's like walking, uh, I'm not sure where he's walking, but, and he just kind of breaks into that like weird laugh, um, that was crazy, and I actually heard that um, Joaquin Phoenix, to like um, kind of prep for this, like watched hours of footage of people with this disorder where they just like they just break into laughter, like they can't fucking help it. It's just you know, um, and like to kind of like hone his craft and and, and embody this character. Um, and the the scene that really kind of stuck out to me was when you know he was talking with his his psychiatrist or therapist or whatever um and you know he's basically telling her like you don't fucking listen to me like and the like the little line that he says about you know you tell me not to have um like bad thoughts all i have are bad thoughts or i'm not not quoting it verbatim but you know you guys know what i'm talking about um Mm -hmm. like that line i was just like holy shit dude like kind of sent a little chill down my spine um but yeah this this movie looks fucking awesome. I'm really interested to see um like how they work in uh you know Thomas and Martha Wayne um and uh you know obviously Bruce as well. Um that's going to be kind of intriguing how they handle that, you know, part of things. Um so yeah, I'm I'm very intrigued uh to to see how all of this kind of, you know, comes together. Um the only thing that that's you know disappointing to me um, is this movie's probably going to be fucking awesome, and it's just gonna that's it. It's just gonna that's it's it's its own little thing. Um, but you know, I mean, I would still rather have it than not have it. And I was uh, I was like always kind of one of the uh, I guess people on the interwebs uh, to be like. Like you know, a lot of people are like, "Do we even really need a Joker movie?" Blah blah. I was like, "There, it's like I, I don't I mean we don't need it, but come on, dude, Joaquin Phoenix is Joker, even if mm-hmm. it's like, you know, like I mean, how how are you like, uh, like this is good news. Don't 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 flip this around into bad news. This is really good news. Um, and the movie looks like the trailer at least it looks phenomenal, and I'm super fucking hyped. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I, I'm completely with you. And um, to answer that question, because we all asked that, no, we didn't need it. Um, but to be fair, uh, I'd say at least 15% of what we're getting in the geek universe we don't need, um, that we end up enjoying. Um, no one thought we needed a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, but now that's a lot of people's favorite Marvel movies. So to me, it's like, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, give us something new. And, and to me, honestly, um, I kind of feel like they felt as though they were at a point to where one or two things. One, when Martin Scorsese says he has interest in something, you just drop everything and you tell him, you do whatever you want. Like, sure, you want us to, like, not use Joker for a while so you can do this Joker movie? 
you go ahead. We don't care about people being confused. Martin Scorsese says, I want to go. You let him go. Um, but to me, um, one of the things I heard a lot of people talking about um, after this trailer was the labs. And what I was talking to Joel about last night was what I would remind people that might have an issue with the labs. The only and it's not a thing of accurate. It's a thing of distinctive. The only distinct laugh we've ever had in Joker history is from the animated world, and that's Mark mm-hmm. Hamill. Um, Jack Nicholson just had a regular laugh. <laughs> Heath Ledger just had like a, a distorted form of a laugh, but never really gave us a laugh laugh. Um, and Jared Leto was on screen for like five minutes. So I, even even though he gave a laugh, it's hard to judge a man who's in a movie for like ten minutes. Um, so to me, it's like the laugh is always meant to be whatever you want the laugh to be. There's no right way to do the laugh. Um, I think because Mark Hamill has set the bar so high, we think it has to match that for it to be a good laugh. Um, and to me, it doesn't. I mean, Joker is a guy who has a past that is not known, so you're able to, to play with it however you want. I think his laugh should be the same. It should be distinct for, um each actor that you get to portray it. So to me, I didn't really have an issue with the laugh. The laugh isn't, to me, what really makes Joker. Um, Everything else around it, I I think, is what makes Joker. And this is going to be a fun, fun Joker. Um, And last thing before I pass it to you, Tia, I did want to say, I heard a lot of people saying, like, oh, there's a possibility maybe, you know, they could talk him into coming back as Joker for that. You can't. And the reason why you can't talk him into coming back as Joker present day is because Bruce Wayne is like eight years old in this movie. Um, So there's no way you're telling me a Joker that's already in the 30s is still an active Joker um, once Batman becomes the age to become Batman. No, it's just it's way too much. Uh, (laughs) We will have a new Joker, I'm sure, by the time Matt Reeves even uh, wants to have a Joker. Um, so we, we can get that out, but, uh, I also don't want a sequel to Joker. It just, no, um, this should be a one-off. That's it. Mm -hmm. Masterpiece off, uh, off into the sunset. Um, but Tia, what were your thoughts on, um, this final trailer for, for Joker? Like, did you get the, the vibe of this could be something that that's mentioned come Oscar season? Um, or did this just feel like one of those comic book films that's really good but probably won't get the, um, the uh, I guess, notoriety that it probably should get? When they bring Joaquin Phoenix out for his Oscar, can they address him as Joker? <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say I didn't need this trailer. Not because I was sold 100%. When we did the top 10 earlier today, I, you know, just did a little talk about the Joker. And it was one of those things that, you know, when they announced Heath Ledger as the Joker, I was skeptical, not because I wasn't a fan, just because I didn't know if he had the capacity for it. When they announced Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker, there was no part of me that doubted that he would give an excellent performance. This um, trailer you know, just, you know, dug deeper into what we should expect from the movie. We see him trying to make a little child laugh and the mother telling him to not bother her kid, which is, and then we see at one point in the trailer, 
him uh, by the side of, I'm assuming, his dying mother. And the Robert uh, De Niro has a clip of the Joker's uh, performance, uh, Arthur Fleck, where Arthur Fleck says, uh, but no one's laughing now. And Robert De Niro goes, you got that right. And you see Arthur frowning. And it's just this whole movie that's going to show how this man felt very invisible and very much like a nuisance to many people. And since uh, taking on the persona of the Joker, you know, as he says, people are paying attention now, people are listening now. So I think that it just look, it just looks so good. And I agree with you, Joan. I don't want a second one. This should just be a masterpiece as it is. It did, yes, get, I think, an eight-minute standing ovation at the Venice uh, Film Festival. And I'm really excited to see what the Joker, you know, has in store, to see um, Joaquin Phoenix bring this to life. And I love the laugh. I like it. I thought that it did sound um, a little like Mark Hamill's while also being his own. I didn't know that anyone had a problem with the laugh. I thought it sounded amazing. To me, um, you know, and I'll defend Jared Leto's Joker for what it was, but it didn't have the laugh. Um, Nothing really that was very memorable. So for Joaquin Phoenix, I thought that he got a really good laugh down to – be very much what we are used to, but also to be his own as well. And I'm I'm interest I'm really interested to see once the general public goes and sees it, because we all think it looks good. But I've been seeing a trend on uh in uh, not Instagram on Twitter of people who are saying that this movie is going to be an apologist type of movie, and um you know it's going to make you feel bad and this is, well, you know, just trying to make it a lot more than what it actually is. And I'm like, it's a movie guys. It's a movie to show that yes, anyone can kind of be like this, but I I just don't understand where that type of backlash is. Um, And I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, but that's what it is. Like this, this movie is very loosely based off of killing joke. And if you watch killing joke, Killing Joke very much was showing you what made Joker. The idea that he was just, he was a struggling father trying to provide for his, his wife and his child. Um, he ended up having to do things um, that he didn't want to do just to provide, which ended up him becoming Red Hood. Um, he was a struggling comedian. Um, you know, there was just a lot of aspects that kind of showed you, like, this guy's not that bad. But what makes Joker so special is that's one of at least a thousand different ways um, every interpretation of Joker has showed you his beginning. Um, a lot of people say, uh, you know, the Joker comes from a broken household. His father used to beat him all the time. So to me, I get it. We're kind of in a, in a trend of um, in the superhero genre to where a lot of our more recent villains are very um, sympathetic. I, I get it. It's becoming a, a little bit too much, but to me, this movie loosely being based off of Killing Joke, it's appropriate. Um, and to me, I just I, – I, I don't really have well, an issue me, with that. To me, it's not trying to apologize for any of the horrific things that he then does. Um, 
I mean, if you look at, if you study any sort of, say, real-life um, serial killer or something, they all come from broken homes. It's not saying that, oh, you should forgive them for what they do. It's just showing you an origin story. So yeah. I just didn't really have a big problem with it. And then you have on the flip side, people are saying, oh, it looks like it's going to be miserable and, you know, this isn't what a superhero movie should be. I'm like, it's not a superhero movie. He's not a superhero. <laughs> so I don't know where you think, like, not every, I love the MCU, but God, I don't want every single movie out there to be exactly like it. You need variety with things. Well, yeah, and I, me, I think too, God, I think that, um, I, I, I mean, we'll see what it's like when the movie actually hits theaters and, and you know, a, a wide array of people see it. But I, I totally expect that there will be um, – there will be uh, at least some people that their takeaway from the movie is that it's almost like aggrandizing uh, the Joker, um, huh. which – you know, like, I mean, I don't know. I guess every, everybody's entitled to their interpretation, but um, I, I, I don't get the feeling that that's what it's going to be. But, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it, movies are so subjective. Everyone sees it through the lens of their own eye. And, you know, like, I, I'm sure that there will be at least some people out there that, you know, it, it, it resonates with on that kind of level. Um, but I agree with you, Tia. Like at some point, like um, a, a movie can just be a movie. And also, you know, like just movie making one-on-one, like you want your characters to have motivation and to, mm-hmm. to be empathetic. Um, you, you like even, even characters that are bad, even characters who have flaws, um, you like, you want to uh, understand them, uh, and and that's that's a big part of things. Uh, so like I I don't know what people want. I mean I guess it's hard to say. People say they want this, and then you know they get it, and then they don't want it because who knows what the crossover is with people. Like no one's ever going to be happy. Um, but like you know, we, we definitely talked about for a long time, like one of the, one of the kind of main problems with the MCU was, well, they have these one note villains. Um, and like you, you, we have had a good run lately of having a lot of villains with, um, that are just very well written. Uh, and, and I don't know, I think that's a really good thing, um, you know, to, to have happen. But, uh, I think inevitably, uh, there will be some backlash uh, from this movie because of that. Yeah, I just find it. I just find it funny because, like, you'll you'll talk to someone and you'll be like, "Yo, who's your favorite villain?" And they'll be like, "Oh man, Darth Vader." And it's like you do know they spent three movies making Darth Vader <laughs> apologize. You know, like a sympathetic character, like showing you how Anakin <laughs> became Darth Vader. Like that legit was that arc was to show you how he became Darth Vader. So I'm like, it's legit the same thing. Like, <laughs> I, I don't get it. Like, once Darth Vader became Darth Vader, he was very cutthroat. Just like once Joker becomes Joker, he'll become very cutthroat. So I'm like, just showing you the evolution of a character is never a bad thing. Um, like, to me, right. in my superhero movies, I don't want my villains to be like Power Ranger villains. Like, Power Ranger villains don't have motivations. They're just bad guys to be bad guys. Like, that, it works for Power Rangers, but it's not what I want. 
in my movies for superheroes. I want to know why Killmonger finds it okay to just murder people. Like, why? Oh, now we I think know. That Thanos. Is... You know, same thing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <clears throat> no, no. I was just going to say, I feel like some people, it's almost, like, safer for them to just assume that characters like this come like this out of the womb. Like, the Joker's always been like that. He was one years old like this. And it's like, uh, Darth Vader, he was a child. Like, it's like, no, they all have origin stories, and that's okay. That doesn't make it them any less bad once they have that turning point. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we know this at this point. People are just going to complain just, just to complain. Right. And to me, to me, that's fine. I mean, you know, the world is made up of, of yin-yang. Like, you have to have the good with the bad. The good is the people that take this movie for what it is. The bad being the people who just decide they want to complain just to complain. I guess we need those people to balance out life, I guess. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but I did want to ask you guys. That's a very optimistic way for you to look at it, Juwan. <laughs> I they they like, are a necessary evil. <laughs> I just feel like if, if, if I lend into the idea of saying, like, I, I hate you people, you people, like, you know, shouldn't exist. It's like you're feeding into the negativity that they're trying oh, to I produce. Agree. So if you just if you look at it like, all right, I, I guess we have to have those people for the same people to, to balance out. It's like, all right, whatever. Um, like, you do you, man. Um, but yeah. I did want to ask and I'll just be um, like, fuck, dude, let's go bowling. Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, I did want to ask you guys before we moved on with the idea of um, DC possibly wanting to continue these one-offs. Um, if you guys had, if you don't, it's no problem. I always put you guys on the spot, so it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll even go, I, I want to go last. So I don't steal anyone, but is there a character you guys would like to see in a one-off? Um, you know, just like Joker, uh, Nick, I'll start with you. Um, huh. I would say if there was a character that I think would make like for like a good one-off, um, like if they're not, if they're just not going to use him in in the you know connective universe, if you will, um, I would just love to see like a Martian Manhunter story. I mean, I've always loved that character so much, um, such an intriguing character, uh, and you know I think they could do a lot with that. And if they didn't have to necessarily worry about how to tie it in with everything else, I think they could make a very interesting. Uh, they could go a lot of different ways with it, and I just think he'd be a character worth exploring. See, what I would love for Martian Manhunter is for them to just drop a movie, and whenever someone asks them, like, is it is it part of the DCEU? Is it a standalone? They just don't answer it. So if when it comes out, it does really well, you then can go, I'm going to add it to my universe. If it tanks, you then can go, Martian Manhunter is a character that just doesn't work. It was a one-off, whatever. Like, we just won't use him again. Um, but just to kind of leave it out there to where it's like, if it's a success, let's use him. Like, let's use him, especially depending on the actor that you get. Um, but if it if it flops, then, you know, whatever. We're back to square one where right now they have no plans on using him. So if we get him and we don't like him, it won't matter. Um, but to me, I'm like, at some point, someone has to be brave enough to try. Like, I mean... You did Green Lantern and it failed, and you're still looking to do Green Lantern. Um, so why not take a risk on Martian Manhunter? But I, I'm with you, Nick. Um, it being the possibility of it being a one-off, um, I think it'd be great. Because I mean, at that point, if it's a success, you just pick it up and you continue it. Um, 
you know, and you know, but I do think it's a character that someone should just be brave enough to to want to try. You know who I thought should do it, Nick? And, and I was watching um, this series. Uh, I was finishing the series the other day. I was finishing Mindhunter. I believe David Fincher. Mm. I think uh, yeah. did does Mindhunter. I'd love for yes. him to direct a Martian Manhunter movie. Um, and you know, just kind of make it very grounded. Um, you know, kind of make it one of those not mystery per se, but, you know, kind of add his element to it. And, and I think Martian Manhunter kind of trying to portray himself as a detective would be great. Um, and yeah. I think David Fincher could do it. I, I would love to see David Fincher team up to do Martian Manhunter. Um, I have no fucking doubt in my mind he could do it. I don't know if he would, but... Um, yeah, I, I don't think he would either. <laughs> I don't he's, think he uh, would, he's, but if he did... Right. Oh, I mean, yeah. but yeah, he's he's... He is just another one of those directors that just he he just doesn't make bad movies. Like even the movies that, um, you know aren't aren't you know necessarily my favorite of his. They're still good, you know. Yeah. So. I'm with you. And Mindhunter is freaking amazing. Um. So I mean, more power to David, man. Keep keep doing what you're doing, man. Um. But yeah, Martian Manhunter. I'm 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 definitely with you on that, Nick. Tia, who are you putting up? Who would you like to see? a standalone for out of the DC universe. It's funny, by the way, I am just starting Mindhunter. I'm up to the third episode of the first season. It's really good so far. Um, the it guy who plays, to you. Oh my gosh, the guy who <laughs> plays um, Ed Kemper is like scary good. But um, I love Nick's idea like so much. I don't know if you're watch, yeah, watching. I don't know if you're reading the current Martian Manhunter comic uh, story right now, but it's really good. That would be just awesome to uh, have like a one-off. But um, kind of piggybacking on what I was talking about on Friday during our Geeks Against the Brain, I really love a Scarecrow standalone. Um, just exploring him, Jonathan Crane and kind of his, um, you know, life as maybe just a professor, and then showing how he slowly then formulated the fear serum and all of that, and then moved into the persona of Scarecrow. I, uh, this, you guys are going to laugh at me right now, but, you know, I used to be a really big, like, fan of fan fiction back in the day, and this one person did this really awesome, like, uh, fic where like Scarecrow was like another persona of his and he essentially like heard the voice in his head. Um, and I just think that'd be a really cool thing as like a psychological thriller to kind of bring on just for a one-off. So I really have to say that um, Scarecrow would be for me what I'd like to see. Yeah, I was planning it in my, I was like working it out in my head and I'm like, I could see the story kind of being along the lines of, um, he has this new breakthrough serum that's very risky um, that, that the U.S. government just kind of shuns, telling him, like, no, it's a stupid idea. It'll never work. Um, and he tries to manifest it on his own, um, only to find out that it brings out people's, people's biggest fears. Um, and he uses that as a weapon. Um, and then it's just like, you know, you could have the, one of the leads be like this detective that's trying to stop Scarecrow. Um, from wreaking havoc just like all over the city, and I'm like, yeah, I would kind of, I, I would be interested in seeing like a Scarecrow series or a Scarecrow one-off movie. Yeah, I think that's an interesting enough character that that could work for. Um, so I'm, I love I'm, that I'm idea too, Juwan. They definitely, yeah, if I'm they come out, with that. 
if they come out and do it, we need to, like, pay attention to this episode because they're definitely going to steal your idea. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm starting to learn that a lot of the theories that I have, because a lot of them are just way out there, but I, I feel like I say a theory, and then I feel like I'm on Twitter, like, the week after, and I see it, and I'm like, I feel like I said that. And it's like, I don't remember if I did, but, like, I think I did. So I'm going to have to start paying attention to the crazy stuff I say, just in case, like, by any chance it actually does happen. Um, for my pick, I, I, I'm going to go the the more obvious one, I, I want to say. It's not even um, as well thought out as you guys were. I'm going to say Lex Luthor. Um, I was talking to Joelle last night, and I was saying I would actually like it if it's a one-off for them to actually change the race of Lex Luthor um, because it's a one-off. So it's not part of a continuity. We'll never see a sequel or anything like that. It's purely just a one-off. Um, and I told him I'd even love to see Denzel be Lex Luthor um, and seeing how he, you know, kind of his rise into power. Um, and it could be a thing of Denzel looking back, um, you know, on or reflecting on how he got there. And I was even telling Joel like, the, the very last scene of the movie could be, um, Lex Luthor in his office, and he kind of just sees people crowding around. Uh, he goes out and, and looks at the TV, and it's the announcement of Superman. And, and then, like, it just goes black, and it's like, ah, that's what, you know, like, it's the beginning of Lex hating Superman. But Lex Luthor is definitely a story I think you can mix Wall Street, you can mix Social Network, you can mix all these aspects um, to make a great Lex Luthor film. And to me, that would be what I assume would be next on the docket um, if they were going to continue this Elseworld. Um, that would be a character I assume someone would want to do something with. Um, I know the fan casting people have for, for Lex Luthor's Brian Cranston. I think Brian Cranston would be amazing. I think he would love to do it. Um, but what I've started to learn from talking to like executive producers is when they're casting and when they have someone casting, there is a such thing as two on the nose. And a lot of producers and directors try to stay away from castings that are too on the nose, like too obvious. Um, so, I mean, I think that would be a casting that they would look at and kind of go, let's be more creative than the typical guy that just looks like Lex Luthor. Um, and that's no shot at all. Um, but, yeah, Lex Luthor is the, the character that I'm going with. I hope that they do something with this Elseworld. Uh, to expand it, uh, but not make it too confusing. Um, but all right. I got real quick. Um, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. not DC, but I've always wanted to see uh, like uh, in maybe not even necessarily standalone, but I've always wanted to see like a movie called Carnage that is Cletus Cassidy before he becomes Carnage, and just like have it be almost kind of like um, um, maybe like uh, Red Dragon. Uh, which is the the prequel to Silence of the Lambs? Um, how uh, Ed Norton's character like catches him, or even Manhunter, um, which is like kind of it's the same story. Um, I think that came out in like the mid '80s, um, but have it be that kind of thing, um, and it just you know be like the the story of this like crazy serial killer, um, and then like uh, you know put for like a post credit scene, he like ends up in in jail with Eddie Brock. Um, and it just ends, and that's it. Um, I've always thought that would be a cool idea. I actually was going to say, Nick, um, I would love it if, you know, because it kind of gave me 
uh, a Red Dragon vibe at the end of Venom with Eddie just, you know, uh, seemingly going in to question him. Um, so just picturing the story of that. Um, and then something happens towards the end that um, that this, uh, the symbiote gets to Eddie and Cletus, and, and it's the birth of both of them. Um, but, right. yeah, I, I think that would be a beautiful story. And, I like, as much as I want this Martian Manhunter <laughs> movie, I kind of would prefer <laughs> to put David Fincher on a Cletus Cassidy story instead of a yeah. Martian Manhunter story. Um, especially if you go the the route that you're saying of um, you know just maybe the the Red Dragon routes where it's like he's locked up and he's just kind of giving the story of how he became this insane um, uh, sociopath like that'd be freaking amazing. Uh, I don't know if the world's ready for how dark that movie would need to be. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's like, the key. That's, <laughs> that's not a that's not a PG thirteen kind of story you would you would have to go no. into, um, but. I mean, I, I, I don't know if it. Sony has the cojones to do it, put it that way. I don't think they do. I, I really don't think they do, Nick. Um, but I, I tell you this, what will give us that um, – what will let us know if they have that co- uh, those cojones is if Venom 2 is rated R um, and Woody Harrelson is even remotely close uh, or anywhere near as insane as Cletus Cassidy was in the comics. If they go that route, then it's like – yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe it might be something that they that they're uh, you know interested in the idea of trying to do, um, but it all depends. I mean, now they're talking about possibly trying to integrate Spider-Man somehow. So it's like, right. do you want to go hard R for Venom and then no. put Spider-Man in it? I I don't mm. know. So it'll be interesting to see because I can tell you this now: the biggest thing I was excited about with Spider-Man not being part of the MCU anymore was the idea that now you can do a rated R Venom. But it's like, I didn't need you to put Spider-Man in it. I just wanted Venom to be rated R so uh, Carnage could truly be who Carnage is supposed to be. But now it's like, Sony's like, no, we got Spider-Man back, so he has to be in it in some capacity. I'm like, they're going to make this PG-13 again. Like, I'm going to lose my mind with these people. Um, So I I don't know, but I love that idea, Nick. I I really, truly love that. we got to start putting copyrights on, on our ideas. Um, <laughs> a lot of good ideas come from these shows, man. Um, but, yeah, I, I would definitely be down for that. But um, let's move on. Our next trailer we are going to is Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker or Rise of the Skywalker. I don't know which one it is. I, whatever. Um, anyway, Nick, <laughs> I'm going to start with you, man. Um, this was a teaser trailer, not an official trailer. Um, what were your thoughts on, I guess, the teaser trailer of Rise of the Skywalker? Yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. Um, like, you, it, there's just not a lot going on here. I mean, uh, the, the Star Wars, like Star Wars and Disney, they like they know that they have your money. They don't really have to put that much out there, and I don't blame them for it. Like, um, like I would rather them not put a whole lot out there. Um, but, I mean, you do get some interesting shots um, of some various landscapes, and then, of course, um, you know, Kylo and Rey uh, fighting on top of whatever that thing is with the water, like, like coming in. Um, you know, that looked pretty cool. Um, I didn't really care about – like, I didn't need all the all the, the history lesson, if you will. Like, I was just like, all right, I was just fucking – like, how many more of these fucking things am I going to have to watch? Um, <laughs> but – you know, I mean, I guess 
for nostalgia purpose. Like, see, I I would picture this being something that like that you know would would be great playing to a live audience at D23, and everybody would go nuts, and they would be like, oh my god, it's Luke Skywalker, it's Han Solo, it's like all the old clips and all the people we know, and everyone would be cheering, and they, you, you get the whole like crowd in a frenzy, and then you drop some new images at the end, and everyone like loses their shit. Um, it's just like when I'm sitting at home by myself watching this, I'm like, all right, like, come on, like, I've seen all this shit a hundred times, like, so... I, yeah, I don't know. I didn't really need all of that, um, but uh, you know, it's 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 some some cool imagery there at the end. Um, I thought the other trailer was better because it was just exactly like it 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 was a little more of um, I guess the actual movie that we're going to get. Even though I think it still had some voiceover from Luke um, that maybe I can't remember exactly, but I feel like maybe it had been lifted from. Uh, Last Jedi, um, but uh, yeah, and then of course you know we talked about it last week, but the whole red lightsaber thing at the end, the double sided lightsaber, I don't, I'm not buying that at all. It's some kind of dream sequence or something. Um, but uh, I do hope, I, I really do hope she gets like a double sided lightsaber because like, come on, dude, why wouldn't you do that? It just makes way too much fucking sense. I agree, and to me, the biggest reason why I'm like. Her her new lightsaber should be dual sided, is because everyone thought that staff, like um like once she met a Jedi, like a Jedi was gonna show her like her staff was actually like a dual sided lightsaber, and I'm like now I'm kind of like I want her to have a dual sided lightsaber, like that staff is driving me crazy, um <laughs> like that's that's my reason for it, um but I'm with you Nick, I, I think the the Sith Ray is more of a Dagobah kind of thing, like when Luke kind of saw. Uh, no, was it – oh, Luke seeing um, what he could have been, like if he went to the dark side or something like that, and it was Darth right. Vader or something along those lines. I think it's going to be yeah. something like that. Um, it, it's just you, – I don't think they're they're going to be ballsy enough to fully turn Ray Ray evil. I, I just I, – I don't just, buy that. Yeah, like I said last week, they just haven't set it up enough. You, like They're right. not going to be able to pull it off in one movie. And I agree with you too. I, I just don't think that was ever in the cards. Um, like I don't think they were like Disney was. They were never thinking that it it, it just yeah it, it would it wouldn't play well at all. Um, I do think had they had they plotted it from the beginning, I think the Force Awakens set up enough to take it in that direction. Um, but you know I, I I don't think the Last Jedi trends her in that direction. I mean when she makes the decision to essentially not let the past die or kill it if she has to, um, you know, that's, that's her making the decision to, to, you know, be the, 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 be the hero. Um, and so like that, that decision to me has already been made. Um, they can't like go back on it now, but I mean, it's obvious that they are, I, I think to me, it's obvious that that that's not actually going to happen, but the reason they do it is so we'll talk about it. And if you talk about something enough, maybe you can convince yourself that maybe it can happen. Um, right. And that's all they want. They just want you to think that maybe it could happen. Um, but I'm and, not buying it, Disney. You're not going to make me buy it. <laughs> and a better setup would have been when Kylo kept saying, Ray, you know, like, come with me. Let's, let's rule this together. If you had had a moment to where it shows Ray is torn, 
I think it would have played out better. It would have been more believable um, for me sure. to see her in all black. If, like, you saw her torn, but maybe, like, Poe Dameron right. comes in and, and grabs her or something like that, but she doesn't make a definitive decision, yes or no. Um, but she clearly looked the dark side in the face and was like, nah, man, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm going to go over here and save yeah. the galaxy and not try and, to rule it. So I'm like, right. that and was your was, answer there. And she was torn in a sense, but not not torn in the sense of um, – she was torn because she felt this connection to Kylo, but she right. knew she couldn't go down that path with him. And that was the uh, the um, inner tor- turmoil um, that you know she was experiencing, um, and I think they did a good job of conveying that, and it all added up. I thought it made a lot of sense, um, but yeah, they can't go back on that now. No, it already happened. So I wanted, I've been waiting to ask you this, Nick. Like I could not wait to get to this show to ask you this. Um, okay. I I heard J.J. Abrams in an interview. Uh, T, I'm pretty sure you know the interview that I'm talking about, but. Um, I'm paraphrasing here. He goes along the lines of saying um, the last Jedi did not change what his plans were for the rise of the Skywalker at all. My question to you is, Nick, do you believe him or do you think there's a bit of gray area in that answer? Um, Like even if it did change what his plans were, he wasn't going to tell you, tell us like, yeah, man, he completely screwed up what I was going to do. But, you knowing the mythos of Star Wars and, and how this continuity kind of felt as though it shifted, um, do you buy that? Do you think that The Last Jedi didn't change Rise of the Skywalker plans at all? Uh, I highly doubt it. I mean, I'm sure it had to have changed some things. But, like, here's the, here's the crux of the matter. Like, I'm sure he changed his mind all the time on what he, like, what he was going to do. You know, so, right. like... I think my my best guess is, I mean, because when it was reported that he read the script and he loved it, um, everyone loved it. Everyone fucking loved that script. The only person who didn't like it was Mark Hamill for, I won't say selfish reasons, but, you know, for, for an attachment to the character of Luke Skywalker. Um, right. But, but, like, everybody, all the execs and all, you know, all the people that were connected, to, you know, who who were – with the force awakens and everything else, they all loved it. Um, and, uh, I, I mean, I buy that. I mean, I, I think he probably did really enjoy, um, enjoy it. Um, and I would, I would wager that, uh, you know, cause he said, I, I read something else that basically he said he, he knew what he wanted the final shot to be like from day one, um, mm-hmm. when they started this. Um, and so like, I would think in that sense, there's a lot of things that, you know, when he when he realized he, he was going to be coming back to do episode three, which, again, wasn't the original plan to begin with. Um, like, I think I think he did that knowing, OK, this is where we are. This is wh- how, where I want to go. This is the last shot that I want. Um, and I trust myself to be able to formulate a story to get us there. So I, I believe him in a, in some sense that like because. You know, he wasn't originally going to do it and everything. Um, I would imagine, you know, him undertaking the job. He, I mean, he knew he had to connect uh, A to Z. Um, but I mean, I, if like put it this way, I mean, if he would have just been doing the whole trilogy, it would be completely different. Like, there's no way, um, you know, there's no way that the events of the Last Jedi didn't alter 
you know, what we're going to get out of episode nine, um, you know, in the sense of had he done it or had it been different, you know, it would have, you know, it it would, everything would have been different. But like, so I, I, I'll say that he's probably towing the the party line um, a little bit, but I think he's, he's being, he's being honest from a certain point of view. <laughs> well, I mean, I've recently watched Oh, come on. Force no one's going to laugh at my Star Wars jokes? <laughs> We're talking about Star Wars. God damn. I recently... Um, ben Kenobi over here. <laughs> I recently watched um, Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, and I personally feel as though those movies went in two different directions. Um, so when you say, like, ah, oh, no, it didn't change anything I was going to do for this movie, I'm like... Wait, JJ, hold on. You didn't show Luke at all in, in Force Awakens except for, like, the last two seconds of that movie. So you're telling me if you did this full trilogy, you would have killed Luke off in the second movie also? I don't I don't buy that. I, I don't buy that at all. You barely uh, – Well, I would uh, say this. Maybe, maybe not even that. Like, maybe he still would have died, but I don't think he would have taken the character in that direction. I, I, mean, I mean, I just – I think – I think it would take somebody like Ryan Johnson who's willing to take that kind of risk and be right. like, yeah, this is what we're doing. Um, and I don't, I don't see J.J. as that kind of filmmaker. No, and um, Captain Phasma. I think J.J. would have done a lot more with Phasma. I think J.J. would have done a lot more with Snoke. Um, there's just a few character arcs I felt, and this is not me projecting. I'm not saying J.J. felt. I felt as a viewer – that if he had done the second movie, it would have been different. Maybe not drastically, but just different. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I can't speak for the man. But to me, we've known this game long enough to know that is the company answer. Like, you would never get J.J. to say, even if he hated The Last Jedi, J.J. was not, was not going to come out and go, that, that movie completely changed everything I wanted to do. So I'm like, if he says it, that doesn't mean it's, it's the truth. It just means you would never know if it wasn't. Um, so that's right. why I wanted to ask you, Nick, if you felt any BS in that in that comment at all, because um, that's that's the company answer. That that's the answer you were going to get regardless of how he truly felt. Um, yep. But yeah, Tia, how did you feel with the teaser trailer for Rise of Skywalker? Um. I hope it's the same one that I watched right before this one. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's interesting where they are kind of teasing where they want to go with, with Ray. Um, I know that we were talking about this kind of last week, I believe, when we were talking about Ray possibly going to say, like, the dark side and how, it would be kind of wrong considering how much of an idol she is um, to young girls everywhere. But you got to admit, like, based on the teaser trailers, it's pretty cool. Um, so that would be really interesting. It would be cool if she got, like, a double-sided, uh, you know, lightsaber. I think that based on what I saw, at least from the teaser trailer, and I hope it's the same one that I watched, it looks like, this they're really gearing up for this to be like the end of the era and it's kind of funny that it's called rise of the skywalker considering this is supposed to i believe wrap up the whole skywalker uh storyline in star wars uh mythos when it comes to the movie so 
it's going to be interesting to see how everything pans out between Ray and Kylo Ren and what they've built in this uh, in this franchise. So, I mean, I thought the teaser looked good. Um, you know, I didn't see The Last Jedi, but um, it'll be interesting to see where this movie kind of goes and how fans will react now that J.J. is back. I do remember that quote, Juan. I think he did say something along the lines of uh, that The Last Jedi didn't essentially blow a hole in anything. It didn't ruin anything. And my perspective was that he kind of said that because maybe people just hate online Johnson so badly. So maybe he was just trying to, you know, sit there and put in damage control. But um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes when uh, this movie comes out. Yeah, the, the biggest the biggest thing um, about The Last Jedi, and, and we've spoken at, at nauseum about this, but to me I just feel like um, Ryan Johnson, who's a really, really, really good director, um, deserves as much defense as he possibly can get. The only reason people have an issue with The Last Jedi is because every fan theory they've built since The Force Awakens, Ryan Johnson putting a garbage disposal. That is the only reason. I have not, I've only heard one person, and I'm not saying that these people don't exist. I personally have only heard one person who just thought it was a bad movie. Everyone else, their only complaints is, oh, man, Luke died. Oh, man, Snoke was nobody. Oh, man, Captain Phasma. I've, I, no one ever finished those statements with, it was a bad movie. No, it's just all your fan theories didn't come true. Like, that, that was the only issue you had with the movie. So to me, if you are boldly enough to take to hear the fans and go, oh, you think I'm going to give you what you want? Nah, that's not how it goes around here. I respect Ryan for that. Like, even if I didn't like The Last Jedi, I love Ryan Johnson for being ballsy enough to split the fandom um, completely. Uh, I just thought that was that was brilliant. Like, that was so brilliant. Um, I mean, to the yeah, point... I, go ahead, I'm sorry. And to the point where people were demanding that it be remade. I mean, it sounds definitely <laughs> like uh, fans were not happy at all because they didn't get what they want. But, I mean, that's movies and TV shows for you. you got to sit there and accept that you're not always going to get what you want. Did it work? Was it good? Don't just think, oh, it ruined what I, you know, wanted for this character. No, was it good at least? Yeah, yeah I mean, now no, now everybody knows how I felt when I sat down and watched BVS. So, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. Um, let, let's, let's move on. Let's go to um, Terminator Dark Fate. Um, this trailer I thought was really interesting. Um, I've never been a huge Terminator fan. Um, so these movies at, at this point now are just whatever to me. Um, but I did really like this trailer a lot. Um, the only issue I had with the trailer was Linda Hamilton's line at the end. I thought it just, it, it didn't hit. <laughs> it didn't hit oh, at all. I completely um, disagree. I thought it was great. <laughs> I just, I don't know what it was about it. It just, it, it just felt flat. Um, and, and, and it sucks because like, I, I, I'm going to love, Linda Hamilton, because uh, I loved everything I've seen from the trailer, but um, I do want to give a huge shout-out to Tim Miller um, to what looks to be um, a really fun Terminator movie. And to me, with seeing the last two that we got, a really fun Terminator movie seems to be a lot to ask for. 
Um, so hopefully <laughs> this is a really good movie. And from uh, the sounds of it, it sounds like this could be the start of a new era for Terminator. Um, so I hope so, because to me, I'm like, I don't want to see Arnold Schwarzenegger 90 still, still trying to be uh, in these Terminator movies. So I'm like, at some point we have, just like we have to get away from the Skywalkers, I do think we have to get uh, away from Arnold. Um, and hopefully this is the start of a new era. But um, Nick, the, the resident Terminator fan here, um, mm. you know, what did you think of the trailer? And tell me how um, how crazy I am for not thinking that line hit at the end. Oh, dude, that line was fucking great. I mean, she said it was like, it, it was almost kind of meta, um, you know, in the sense of, um, you know, uh, there's there's a lot of times these movies, uh, especially movies from the 80s, they they have they would like throw a line in a movie, and it would just be a line in a movie, but like everybody would like remember the line. So you know when they go back to write the sequel, they'd be like, ah, oh, we got to put that line back in there. Like people fucking loved it. They all fucking talked about it. So you know you get yippee ki yay motherfucker in every single Die Hard movie. You know, um, but uh, but no, I thought it was great. I I just loved the way she fucking delivered it. Like I'll be back. <laughs> like just like very casually like a little little bit of um uh like i said like a little bit of meta like um like uh, she it's almost like tim miller is like yeah everyone's expecting the line we got to put it in there somewhere and when you say it i want you to like say it in the sense that you know you're saying a line that everyone's expecting um uh, i thought it was great i loved it but um but hey to each his own uh, but yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed the trailer. I think it's it's got you know uh, a very interesting kind of cast of characters with um, obviously Arnold's being worked in in some way. We're still not like exactly sure in what capacity. Um, with Linda Hamilton coming back, that's that's fucking great. Uh, and then with you know they have this new savior um, who's this this young girl um, and you know what she's going through. Um, I'm sure, uh, is, you know, will be explored that this is, you know, Linda Hamilton had to go through this same thing with John, um, and the expectations that, you know, it put on him and, and, you know, the weight of the world on his shoulders and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so now this young girl is, is having to go through that too. And then, you know, the, the woman from the future, um, who's human, but has like all of the, um, you know, strength of a Terminator and everything with cybernetic enhancements. Um, like, she seems fucking awesome. Like, I can't wait to see her, like, beat the shit out of some stuff. The scene where she's, like, whooping that motherfucker's ass with the chain, that was super, super cool. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited, man. Like, it's funny because I was super – I'm still, like, a, a Rise of the Machines uh, apologist. Like, I don't think it's a bad movie. Like, I think it's fine. Um, and, and, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I, I've watched it maybe a year or two ago again and was like, yeah, it's it's a fine movie. Um, but like, you know, I got burned with salvation. Like that movie is just, it's almost like, you know, you said a fun Terminator movie. Um, when you were talking about this, you, we, it looks like we're going to get a fun Terminator movie. Um, and the thing is like, it's a, you're exactly right, but you have to balance the seriousness with the fun. And the salvation was like way too fucking dark and gritty and serious. And then you know that that was just like what was popular at the time. So they're like, all right, well let's make a fucking movie, a Terminator movie like that. Um, you know, 
Uh, people and you know what? Like people really like Christian Bale as Batman, and that we'll make it like that. We'll get Christian Bale. Um, and it was just like it was not good. Um, and then you know they they kind of pivoted away from that. I think with the popularity of like the Marvel movies and everything, and they were like, yeah, we just need to like like stick to like the really fun stuff that people like and all the nostalgia stuff and everything else. Um, with uh, what uh, Genesis, and that wasn't very good either. Um, so I've been burned twice now, but I am optimistic. Um, Cameron, you know, producing it, obviously he, he had some party lines when it came to Genesis coming out um, and, uh, you know, things that I don't necessarily thought he actually believed. Um, but he, he's been involved with this a little more. I, I have faith in Tim Miller. I mean, um, he obviously did wonders with Deadpool. Um, so, you know, I, I'm I'm very optimistic. I think the tra- both these trailers look great. Linda Hamilton, like, hasn't like missed a fucking beat. I'm so happy she's back. Um, I'm still curious. What's up with John? Like, where's John? What's going to be the story there? Um, I, I, uh, I, I mean, I assume that's going to be like a big, like a big reveal um, within the movie since they haven't showed it with two trailers now. Um, and if it is a big reveal, then good on them for not fucking showing it. Like, I'm glad I'd rather be asking questions, uh, like this at this point in time than going into the movie, just waiting for, you know, um, essentially, uh, you know, the, the fucking John Connor Terminator hybrid thing that I like, just like we all knew was fucking coming because the trailer ruined it. Um, but uh, but yeah no I'm I'm definitely uh, intrigued um, excited and uh, yeah I'm I'm that's going to be one that I definitely try to go see opening night. How how I I don't know if excited but was there any joy from you Nick when you see the scene of the lady opens the door, um, you see uh, you know Schwarzenegger at the door and Linda Hamilton like freaks out like what like you're still alive like. What the <laughs> um, like, I thought that was a really cool scene. Well, I think like the the woman, uh, like the the woman from the future, like went to kill him, and Lynn Hamilton was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 no, 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 like, no, 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 this one's on our team." No, um, Linda Hamilton went to went to shoot him, and she was oh, stopping okay. uh, her, saying like, "No, no, 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 like he he's cool, he's cool." Ah, uh, I got you. Um, yeah, I didn't realize that. So I was, I had my wires crossed when I watched it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I did think the line and I, I, I did rewind it and kind of make sure that everything kind of lined up. But, um, you know, when she says to him, you know, when this is all over, I am going to kill you. Um, and right. you know, he's basically <laughs> like, but yeah, okay. Like, sure. Um, uh, and, and like, that's not, it, at least, from from what I could gather, they were in the same place sharing those lines. Um, there was a cut away from them um, uh, to like another scene, and and the audio was still on that one, but it was they were in the same place. You could tell with uh, his shirt um, in the in the lighting. Um, so that that should be interesting. How like all of that ties in and, and fits together. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I'm I'm super pumped. Like Terminator Two: Judgment Day is like one of the greatest sci-fi movies of all fucking time. Um, so if this, if this can, you know, just, just, I mean, I, I wouldn't expect it to live up to that, but I mean, if it can kind of deliver, um, 
in a way that the last three have, have kind of fell flat, um, I think it'll be a really good way to like send all of these characters off. And um, so, so we have names because um, I felt like I was disrespecting her, and I do apologize. Mackenzie Davis is playing Grace. Yeah, Grace is the um, is the character that's the new hybrid. Um, so yeah, I wanted to get her actual name. You know, show some respect to her. Uh, but yeah, I'm yes. also really looking forward to this movie because I'm a huge fan of Gabe, uh, Gabriel Luna from his time as Ghost Rider on um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So I was really excited to see that he was getting something um, like his Terminator role, um, which essentially is CGI-wise kind of along the lines of the same thing he just did with Ghost Rider. But um, I'm really excited for Gabriel Luna, and I can't wait to see what he does next, which we know is Ghost Rider. Um, but Tia. Um, what were your thoughts of the, I hope, final trailer for Terminator Dark Fate? <laughs> Which, by the way, I want to I wanna point out, I don't know why they did it, but Nick, I don't know if you knew this either, but they dropped this trailer at like 3 o'clock in the morning, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, which was, I still think, one of the weirdest things ever, but they dropped it 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I think maybe they were on like a late night show or something where the trailer um, dropped. Uh, but it was weird because, like, everyone woke up to it and was like, oh, did you guys see the new trailer that dropped? And I'm like, I watched this at 3 a.m. <laughs> like some kind of monster. <laughs> like, I felt weird. Everyone was like, oh, it just dropped. And I'm like, no, nah, I was up at 3 a.m. watching this. But, um, yeah. <laughs> what were well, your no, but that's good, show? right? Like, everyone wakes up, and, and by that point, it's already trending. So when you go to your, like, social media, whatever social media platform that you, you know, visit most frequently, boom. There it is. And you're like, oh, yeah, I think I'll watch that. I'll have my coffee and watch watch this new trailer. Yeah, no, that is a really good point. But I was like I, – I was looking at my notifications. I'm like, Fandango is talking about Terminator. I'm like, oh, let me click on it. I'm like, this is a new trailer. I'm like, it's 3 o'clock <laughs> in the morning. Like, who, who advertises the trailer at 3 o'clock in the morning? Uh, but apparently Terminator does. Uh, but, Tia, yeah, what were your thoughts on the final trailer for Terminator Dark Fate? Well, I will say that um, there's a really uh, cool interview with James Cameron that you can actually find on our site, and it links back. I believe it was Deadline that did it. But in the interview with James Cameron, he said that he would only entertain the idea of doing another Terminator movie if they could get Linda Hamilton to come back. Like, to him, he was very... Uh, persistent about that being uh, an aspect of the of the movie. So um, the trailer definitely impressed me more than the first trailer. I have to say, um, I think that we got a lot better shots than this, a lot um, cooler shots than this. It actually made me like, oh, okay, now I'm more interested in this movie. And um, it, but correct me if I'm wrong. And Nick is gonna like kill me for this because I'm not the biggest Terminator like fan so I'm going to like mess it up but John is the guy who was played by Edward Furlong right? Yes. Okay. I'm hearing rumors or something that they're just like CGIing his face on a body actor of course that could be completely wrong and just 100% BS but when people were really excited about the rumors and stuff that he was coming back, then there were other people who were supposedly on set who said that he, him himself isn't necessarily back, but they're using his face. Some 
some craziness like that. So that's going to be really mm. interesting to see in what capacity Edward Furlong actually returns because I don't think the guy has acted in a really long time. And again, correct me if I'm no. wrong on that, but I, I think like what the last thing I saw him in was uh, American History X. He was in something after that, I believe. But I mean, was that's like in... the last like prominent thing that he would did, I believe. Yeah, I forget what came out first, uh, American History X or his version of The Crow, because he was The Crow at some point, right? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, there's only one yeah. crow to me. Um, so. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm me looking. <laughs> there was like four of them. <laughs> oh, I know, but they don't count. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you ain't Brandon Lee, shut the fuck up and get out. <laughs> I am looking here, Tia. It looks like um, Terminator was in 91, American History X 98, and he was in something called Detroit Rock City in 99. Yes, that was it. That was it. Detroit mm-hmm. Rock City. That's a great fucking movie. That's something called it's... Detroit Rock City. And God, I'm sorry. I know, I know <laughs> what it was. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a movie about a bunch of kids trying to go see Kiss in concert. Um, but it's, oh. it's, it's a it's, it's a classic, man. It's a classic. So yeah, it looks like that was his last movie. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I mean that's forever. twenty years ago. Yeah. Whew. That's interesting. That's gonna be really interesting to see him back. Yeah, so, so I don't know. Juwan, those are the rumors. Juwan, since you got it pulled up, what's the last movie Linda Hamilton did? And she ain't been in a fucking movie, movie forever either. All right, keep talking. Let me let me uh let me find her. Hold on, keep talking. <laughs> All right, yeah, that is interesting though, Tia. Like I um, I mean, I guess I mean he it, it could be like a flashback sequence of of him dying, um, like that. I mean, and if that's the case, it's you know maybe that. Yeah, I think I maybe brought this up in the past that maybe that's the more interesting direction to take it, where, you know. It, what what does you know what does Linda Hamilton's character do if you know if, if her son dies who's supposed to be the savior of all humanity? Um, obviously, we know like the way that time travel and and the ripple effect of how things work within the the Terminator series, um, like. It would it would basically change everything to where somebody else was the savior, which um, it, you know if you, if we're to be um, like if if we're to buy into what this what we've seen in these two trailers, it's this other young girl. So interesting. She, well, um, I mean, go ahead, too. I was just gonna say really quick. I mean, like it, since it's been virtually almost twenty years since. Edward Furlong has been in anything. I mean, what would have been the attraction to return to this other than them like, hey, you haven't acted in 20 years. Would you like the money that comes along to, you know, be back in the Terminator world? I don't know. I mean, clearly something put him off to acting. Yeah, see, Um, he's probably just sitting back like, you know how many fucking times uh, Cable runs Terminator 2? I'm still cashing those checks, bitches. I don't need your money. <laughs> I'm looking up Linda Hamilton. She's been in a crap load of recent shows, like TV shows. Okay. But huh. she, um, first Terminator 84, second in 91, Dante's mm-hmm. Peak in 97, um, mm-hmm. and Beauty and the Beast. 
from 87 to 89. Yeah. Okay. It was a live-action crime fantasy drama. It was a TV series. Yeah. Um, Um, But, yeah, so that that was what she's been doing. But apparently she's been in a crap load of TV shows. I'm, like, scrolling down, and I'm, like, never heard of that show. Uh, I've heard of Chuck. Didn't know she was in Chuck. Didn't know she was in Weeds. Um, yeah, there's a lot here that Linda Hamilton obviously has been doing that is just, Interesting. I guess, passes by. <laughs> so, shout out to Linda Hamilton. She has been working, just not in movies. Um, gotcha. But, yeah, this movie is going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, huge shout out to Cameron, huge shout out to Tim Miller. Um, I do hope that this is the start of the next generation of Terminator. Um, and that could be a good or a bad thing. But, you know, here's to the future. Um, all right. Um, let's talk about the Birds of Prey leak. Um, apparently Birds of Prey is being attached to it, um, which I kind of feel like, nope, I was about to lie to you guys. I was going to say I called it, but no, I said I thought Birds of Prey would be attached to Joker. Um, so I was about to live on, li- uh, on lie on live air. Um, but anyway, this teaser, um, <laughs> is in Russian. So if anyone's like, oh, I, I don't know what they were saying. None of us do. Um, so, um, but it released, it was very short, quick to the point. Except for the people who um, speak Russian. <laughs> right, except for people who speak Russian, right. I'm sorry, I made Russian seem like it was an alien language. Yes, people do understand Russian, we just do not. Um, but, um, I was, I was saying last night that what studios should start doing is if a teaser is being attached to a release of a movie, you know it's going to leak. So what you should do is you should have an international teaser and an, uh, uh, an American teaser. So that way they're both different. So if the leak comes out, it's like, all right, cool, like it leaked. You don't know what they're saying, but the one that's attached to the one here in the States is going to be different. Um, mm, and I think you should always cut it that way um, so that a, a leak doesn't matter. Uh, same thing with, with Comic-Con. I think when you – because obviously you're giving the people – who paid their hard-earned money to be there, something special. So what you should do is, instead of releasing it there and then a few days releasing it here, release it in the same day for people there and us, but theirs has extra footage, um, and ours is just more of a generic trailer. I think you should always do it that way, so that way you don't have to worry about, like, oh, because I remember, Nick, you remember this, too. I don't think you were part of the group at the time, but when Infinity War dropped at San Diego Comic-Con that previous year, um, I had gotten that leak, and, like, people were messaging me to send them that leak. Um, and it was very hard to watch because, obviously, people were screaming. People were standing in front yeah. of the screen. Um, but to me, it took away from it is me trying to watch it because I couldn't hear anything, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so that me, thing it's sucked. Like, just, just release it to where they get extra footage. We get more of a standard trailer. That way right. no one and- really feels left out. And but, as I recall, they didn't actually drop the trailer for like a, a couple weeks or maybe more. Like, yeah, it was a that while. was all we had. That was all we had for like uh, at least a couple weeks or maybe even a month. And it was just like, yeah. drop the fucking trailer already. Like, <laughs> I remember I, that leak too. Like, I was I was not with you guys or anything, but I was on like Tumblr. And there was just uh, an image of Tom Holland, you know, in that infamous scene. And people were like, why is he saying sorry to Mr. Stark? And I'm like, I hate this. Why is this teaser out? <laughs> yeah, it was it was annoying. But to me, the logic I have of it is, like, 
I don't know if you guys have ever been to like a, um, you know, like a, well, obviously you guys have been to birthday parties. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make is if, um, like what a lot of parents do is if they have two kids, what they'll do is obviously the one whose birthday it is gets the whole bolt of presents, but they also get something special for the other kids. So no one really ever feels left out. So to me, they should approach it the same way. They get something super special to where it's uh, extended. Maybe it's an extended uh, teaser trailer, and we just get more of a basic one. So that way, leaks just don't matter anymore. Um, I just think <laughs> you it's a smart so way to go. You fucking millennial right now. <laughs> I could just picture. I don't. I don't think our audience is, is you know, uh, a lot older than us. But I could just picture like somebody being like, "Damn, millennials always want a fucking participation <laughs> trophy." And, <laughs> I will say, I will say, my godmother did believe in um, when me and my sister uh, had had our birthdays, getting the other gifts, so the other one wasn't just sitting there like, damn, they got a lot of gifts, and it's like, well, yeah, it's their birthday, like it's not just a random event, it's their birthday, they should be getting all the gifts. <laughs> yeah, teach them um, yeah, we didn't, we didn't practice that in the Smith household. You just had to wait your fucking turn. <laughs> <laughs> Which would suck if someone's birthday was in January and the next birthday was in, like, August. It's like, ah, man, I got to wait all the way to my birthday? Nah, you got to give me something. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, we were we were pretty close quarters, uh, like, late June to late August is the only separation. So it was, like, two months apart. Damn. Yeah, me and my siblings aren't that, aren't that far apart at all. It's just it, none of us have patience. But um, I do want to say that the, <laughs> teaser, the teaser trailer – showed me nothing. Um, it, it did nothing for me. It uh, showed me nothing. When I go see It 2 this this upcoming week, it will still do nothing for me, even hearing it. Um, it it's literally just a teaser. Like, I mean, I, I couldn't really get a grasp of anything I was seeing. Um, all I know is I heard from someone that, uh, that I do trust um, that there is a really good chance we don't see Black Mass in the comic-accurate Black Mass. Uh, and that was enough for me to not have any interest in anything I see going forward about this movie, um, because that to me is a make it or break it. Um, but Nick, I do want to go to you from just what you saw, because obviously you weren't able to get any of the audio, but what you saw, did this get anything going for you? Is there anything that maybe popped out to you that really intrigued you uh, of this teaser? Nope. <laughs> like, yes. Uh, yep. I mean, it's just, it, yeah, I mean, it It really didn't, like, I mean, like you said, it's hard. I mean, you're just getting the images. I mean, Harley with her, like, little mallet, I mean, that's, I guess that's iconic. Um, so that's that's kind of cool. But, um, no, I mean, I, and, and just in general, like, uh, like, teasers don't usually get me too hyped anyway. Like, give me a fucking full trailer. Um, that's why out of all the trailers we're going to talk about, the one that I liked the most out of any of these was, the king um but uh yeah i mean I, I i didn't really get a whole lot from it um just personally and i'm gonna sound like an extreme hypocrite but that's just the juan persona so don't mind me but <laughs> um i saw the tenant teaser and i got goosebumps mainly because i didn't know what i was seeing and i love that i love that so much i'm like i don't know where i'm watching is he looking at a bullet hole is he in a, what am I watching right now? And I love that. But the only reason why this just didn't do anything for me is because a lot of what you see 
um, of them in costumes and stuff like that is legit what you got when they gave us the promotional video when they started shooting. Right. So I'm like, yeah. I'm just seeing this in more in different in a, in a different scenery. So like, no, it, it does nothing for me. Like I'm I'm sorry, no. Seeing someone kick someone, seeing Black Mask in in his uh you know, in his bar or, or whatever, um, like just there was nothing there for me. Um, so by no means am I saying I don't have any interest. I don't think it's gonna be good. It just this isn't what to me what you try to give me to get me hyped. Um, especially when you should have given a full trailer at San Diego, this shouldn't be what you try to get to do to drive, um, you know, the hype machine. I just, I, I, I think you're going to fail miserably if this is the start of it. Um, but Tia, super curious. Did it do anything for you? Were there any scenes that popped out, any images that popped out or any characters or anything, uh, from this birds of prey leap? I am so thankful that you two are on the same page as I am because as soon as that as soon as that teaser leaked, everyone online was like, "Oh my god, it looks so good! We're so excited! All the naysayers, fuck you, blah blah blah." And I'm like, it literally doesn't look like much of anything. I mean, I think someone was able to translate that the beginning of that teaser when she like hits the balloon, she says something akin to fuck them clowns or something like that. You know, obviously not only talking about the it but also, you know, the Joker or whatever like that. But um it just didn't seem like a lot. Uh, there was nothing in it that got me overly excited. And I swear, Juwan, I was channeling my inner you because I was like, where is the mask? It is literally Ian McGregor's face this whole time. He could be anyone. Um, so that kind of bothered me. And again, I just I didn't see what the whole entire hype was. We just saw a bunch of random images. You didn't really get to see any of them necessarily in action. Um, and to me, it just didn't show a whole lot of how Harley gets hooked up with them. Um, it, I don't know. It didn't do anything for me. I really, um, if anything, because I wasn't um, not interested in this movie, but after the, like, teasers that we've gotten and this leak, um, it's almost making me uninterested in the movie. I'll say two things. One, this movie is going to suffer if it does not take my advice and use Harley Quinn the same way Tim Miller used Deadpool. Um, market it. Just market it. Have advertisements. Have um, for, you know, if she did say F those clowns to where it could have been to it or it could have been to Joker, you just have to market Harley Quinn. She's very marketable. Very marketable. Market her. Um, and I think if you don't do that, it is going to suffer globally. Maybe not here, but definitely overseas where people are like, okay, what, Harley Quinn, all right, whatever. Um, you know, I, marketing her, I think, is, is going to help this movie a lot. And, um, you know, I am hearing there is a possibility of Black Mask, uh, of this movie ending where he possibly gets the mask and I'm like if that's the case watch this whole movie um, because yeah. Joel made a great point he's like if he doesn't wear the mask in the prime of the movie why are you using black mask 
And I, I second that. It, it's a waste. It's a complete waste of Ewan McGregor's time because he's now going to have to deal with the fan base um, yelling at him about not having a mask, and he can't do nothing about it. Um, it, it just, it, it's a waste. Why use black masks to not have him in the mask? It, it's stupid. Um, but, yeah, they should mark it hard. Yeah. I think it's going to do this movie um, a lot of good if they start thinking logically of the sense of Deadpool worked on so many levels because it was able to grab so many different, um, you know, so many different people. Um, like, it legit was marketing itself as a love movie, uh, as a romance movie, um, <laughs> and women went into it like, wait, no, what? <laughs> what am I watching right now? <laughs> like, this isn't what I thought I, I, I was walking into. Um, so it was me, everywhere. Like, right, it was everywhere. So to me, Harley Quinn should be Deadpool. Be Warner Brothers Deadpool. And I think if you approach it like that, this movie is going to be huge. Um, even if it's not that good of a movie, I think marketing could, could still drive it uh, drive it sales. Um, but who knows? I, I am still looking forward to seeing a full-length trailer. Um, but this teaser just uh, nothing. Um, but all right, Nick, did you have anything else to add before we moved on to the king? Nope. All right, let's move right on to the king then. Um, Nick, I'm going to just pass it right to you. All I'm going to say before I pass it to you is this kid, Timothy Chalamet, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. You guys know I'm horrible with names. Very um, well. Good job. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm actually really proud of myself. Anyway, um, I love this kid's <laughs> acting. Um, I'm a huge fan of this kid, um, and I cannot wait to continue to see how his um, acting career pro- uh, progresses going forward. Um, but, Nick, what are your thoughts? First of all, to a movie I didn't even know was, was made. Uh, I didn't even know this movie existed. Um, I saw it on uh, – Kanan had posted it, and I was like, oh, Timothy? Uh, I'll check out the trailer. Um, but <laughs> – the most important question the world has, Nick. Does Robert Pattinson look crazy to you with long hair, or are people just overreacting? <laughs> uh, I didn't know it was a thing, but uh, no, I mean, I think he looks fine. Um, I I love this fucking trailer, man. Um, a, I love, um, like, I'm, I'm kind of a big history buff, so, I, you know, I, I love period pieces like this, and um, particularly, like, um, things uh you know set in like um i guess uh from like medieval times uh like up to bef- like pre-industrial revolution um i i just love it i i'm so like fascinated um by you know the lot of it um but yeah like uh i'm assuming i i obviously this is king henry I, my guess would be king henry the 8th um saying is he's the most prominent king henry um but like yeah, this this looks really fucking interesting. Um, uh, I I think they they like nailed it with the cast. I mean, you you mentioned uh, Timothy Chalamet and Robert Pattinson. Um, obviously, Joel Edgerton is also in it. And you said that uh, when we were prepping for the show, you said he was involved in the writing of it too. Like he co-wrote it. Um, yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. Like uh, I mean, that's obviously a, a, a different talent than acting. So, I mean, if he has both, that, that's um, interesting. And it, it's also interesting in the sense of like, um, you know, when, uh, when you know, uh, Clint Eastwood like directs and stars in a movie, like, you know, he really cares about it, you know? And that's another thing I think is interesting where um, obviously this is something that Edgerton's like putting all of his effort in 
um, you know, co-writing it and starring in it. Um, so that's really, really intriguing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it really, it sets the, the way this trailer's done. It really kind of drops you right in there um, with the, the little opening part where he's talking. Um, Chalamet is, is talking uh, to Joel Edgerton and basically laying this foundation of, you know, I, there's so many people, uh, you know, that I, I keep counsel with who I can't even trust. Um, and kind of sowing the seeds of, you know, what's to come. Uh, and, and, you know, in, in that time period, you know, everybody was kind of always um, positioning for power and backstabbing and all this kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I'm just – I'm super intrigued. I think they hit it out of the park with the trailer. Um, and I didn't realize it was Netflix. So at the end when it was just like, you know, the, the, the trailer ends and then the little Net, Netflix logo comes up, I was like – Fuck yes, I can watch this in the convenience of my own home. This is great. Uh <laughs> but um but yeah, uh I'm I'm really hyped for this. I think um and it's interesting that it, it you know, it said it releases fall. Um so I, I don't know if there's an official release date yet. Um I think November first. Okay. So I was just about to say, like, if it's late fall, like that's probably gonna be um, and it obviously had the little select theaters thing. Um, that's I think they're definitely going to be um, trying to position this movie for Oscar season. Um, and so yeah, if it's November first, that's like pretty pretty prime real estate as far as um, you know, get the buzz out there, drop it into some theaters, get everyone talking about it, and like leading you know, kind of almost kicking off um, uh, Oscar season along with uh, Joker. I think you know we'll we'll maybe get some buzz, um, but uh, but yeah, like I'm uh, really really intrigued to see what they do with this movie. Um, and damn, there was some there was another actor who was in it who I can't think of. He was an older, um, older I got actor. You. I got you, who was it? Sean Harris? Because I saw him um, in the credits. Maybe that's who it was, um, but. Uh, yeah, I think I think that must have been who it was. Um, for some reason, I, I was thinking it was somebody different, but um, but never. I got you. It was uh, someone else. Who was it? All right, so I got I got some interesting news for you because I went to IMDb to um to to kind of just look up the the release date. So apparently, according to their casting, um, Timothy is playing King Henry the the fifth. Guess who's playing King okay. Henry the fourth? Who? Ben Mendelsohn. That's right. It was fucking Ben Mendelsohn. I that's who yeah. it was. Because uh, yep. it's just a really quick shot of him. Um, yep. And and I was just like, oh shit, my dude. Like I love Ben Mendelsohn. <laughs> so so yeah, like dude, this is just like a fucking this is a fucking supreme cast. So like oh yeah, I I'm I'm really fucking pumped for this. And another thing that I'm hoping um, is uh, is that like. Hopefully, like we can get like some good, um, like some good buzz for Robert Pattinson, you know, because like we definitely need him to have some fucking buzz, um, you know, leading into the Batman. Um, so if if because this is dropping on Netflix, it it frees up a lot of people who might not go out to the movie theaters to watch a movie like this, um, but because you know they can just boom watch it, um, 
it, it could get a lot of people talking and a lot of people being like, you know what, I can fucking see this guy as Batman, you know. Um, so hopefully, uh, you know, that, that has a way um, of doing it too. Yeah, I hope also it gets Timothy's name out there to be picked. I would actually love to see Timothy as Johnny Storm uh, whenever they did do um, a Fantastic Four uh, movie. I think he'd be an interesting – even though I kind of want to see Timothy do a, a character that kind of is just – a like he'd be a great um, Jason Todd if Batman wasn't the same age <laughs> as what you'd assume right. Jason Todd was when he got when he turned into Red Hood. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I – this is great for this will be great for Robert Pattinson. But Nick, what I've learned is the people who aren't necessarily sold on him being Batman, there's just nothing to change that perception. Um, like they're just, you may be they right. Just don't think they just don't think he's a good actor, or they only seen Twilight. Um, so there's just nothing to change uh, those people's minds. I think for people that have not seen anything besides Twilight that are open-minded about him being Batman, things like this, things like The Tenant, will, will kind of help reassure people um, of at least his acting, you know, his acting skills. Whether that translates to him being a good Batman, it's to be uh, determined. But um, I, I do like um, Robert Pattinson's trajectory going forward with this, then The Tenant, then The Batman. Um, but yeah, Nick, I, I do love that me and you have a platform to express our love for Ben Mendelsohn because I don't hear anyone else expressing their love for Ben Mendelsohn the way that we do. Not enough. We support that man. Yeah, not enough. People we support for that damn man. Sure. <laughs> we support that <laughs> man heavily. Um, but uh, Tia, I'm going to go to you. What were your thoughts on seeing the first trailer for The King? Yeah, you know, I didn't even know that this was a thing until I saw our lineup, and I was like, what's the king? And obviously I went to YouTube and watched it, so I know what the hell I was talking about. But I am prepared to eat my words from Friday when I declare that, you know, the actors that we have today are not the same as the actors that we had, you know, a few decades ago, because holy shit. Timothy Chalamet, and I really have not seen anything else that he's ever been in, but he is a very serious young man, and it looked really good, like surprisingly good for a Netflix film. Um, I liked the setup in it. Um, I liked how it's going to be him pretty much seeing, uh, you know, I love the, the scene with him where he's like, you know, will you be my friend? And uh, Joel Egerton's like, you know, King has no friends. He has followers. And it just looks very intense. And his acting was great. And you're right, Ben Mendelsohn is amazing. I mean, definitely deserves all of the praise. I think that it's a great cast. Um, I do agree that Robert Pattinson looks a little weird with that hair. But (laughs) (laughs) I love medieval stuff as well. I love the tone of this. I love where they're going with it. And I'm really interested to see it for myself to kind of really get a gauge of not only um, Timothy, but also Robert Pattinson, because um, I was one of those people a few years ago that would not have trusted him at all to be Batman. If you asked me like five years ago, I would have been so, so much of a naysayer. Um, but since then, I think that it's been enough time since the Twilight uh, series and even Robert Pattinson himself not liking the Twilight series. So 
I think that it's good that we have a lot of things in between him and Batman so that people can see that he's actually a good actor and not have this perception in his head that he's only one thing and one thing only. So it looks really good to me. I'm really excited to see it just because um, you just have all these actors who look like they are completely dedicated to telling this story. Like there was nothing about the trailer that looked out of place and didn't look like it was completely tightened um, for this movie. Yeah, I'm really excited for this movie. And like I said, I'm a huge fan of Timothy. And fun fact, he's actually from uh, Manhattan. Um, So just a little fun fact to throw in there. Yep, he is from Manhattan. Um, But, yeah, I can't wait to see this. And like I said, I can't wait to see what's next for Timothy. I hope it's a superhero role. Um, But, all right, let's move on. This one we can be kind of quick on. It was a trailer, but it was really just a teaser. Anyway. Titan Season 2, which comes out this upcoming Friday. I thought it looked sick. The standout to me was Slade Wilson. I do wish um, they would stop making Slade Wilson's armor so bulky. That's not Slade uh, Slade Wilson. He's Like, Arrow did it, and it's like, all right, well, my new bonnet is, like, huge. Like, you can't help but make it uh, bulky to fit his muscles. For this guy that's playing um, Slade Wilson for Titans, he's not that huge. It should have just been a little bit more slankier. Uh, but um, I, I hate how huge it looks. But he looks great. Looks like it's going to be a great season. I love the line at the end. Last year it was S Batman. This year it's B Batman. Um, I just want to see Nightwing. And it's killing me that I still have not seen him dress up as Nightwing. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's driving me crazy. Uh, but, Tia, what were your thoughts on the, the trailer for um, Titan Season 2? You know, when it opened up and they were showing his suit being, you know, on fire, it reminded me a little in the beginning of the first season of The Punisher or when he's burning his suit. I don't know why. It just, like, it gave me flashbacks there. But, of course, I have to, you know, relate anything to The Punisher. But um, <laughs> I, I, I liked it. I liked this whole... Um, you know, Dick Grayson trying to kind of figure out who he is. I'm interested with the Hawk and Dove thing because um, he was he said to Dove, he was like, you know, if, if that's going to be you, then we're done. And I was like, ooh, are they breaking these two up? You know, what's going on? And um, we obviously are getting a background with Starfire and all of this. I love the introduction, like the scene of Superboy and Crypto. Um, I I, lo- I really loved that for some reason. It was really good. I love this whole, like, standoffishness between Jason Todd and Dick Grayson, you know, like, you're not calling the shots anymore. Get out of my way. You're in my way. Um, and honestly, uh, and I forget the guy's name, but the, the one who's playing Bruce Wayne, he just looks really good. Like, I know that it's like, hey, we've never really had a – blonde Bruce Wayne before, and that British accent is popping out, but um, I'm really interested to see this relationship between the two of them, because in season one, uh, Dick Grayson was just so against even having any sort of relationship with Bruce, and now, instead of, as you said, the message F Batman, the message is B Batman, so everything that Dick was trying to get away from in the first season 
is something that he's going to have to embody in the second season. So it definitely has me hyped. I'm interested in all of the new characters that we're going to see. I agree with you, Juwan, that the um, armor is just a little strange on Slade. But when he wasn't in the armor, I thought that he looked really good and he looked really very much the part. So it's going to be interesting. I think, what is that? The first episode comes out next week, right? Yeah, it's upcoming Friday. Yeah, so I'm interested to see where they go with it, um, who ends up, you know, on whose side, what the fallout is. I mean, it's crazy because we saw this one deviation in the last episode of the first season, and it really looks like from the trailers that either that's not even going to be acknowledged or that's just going to be a very, very small part that they're going to wipe away within, like, the first episode of the season. I I did like um, Ian Glenn is the name of the actor um, who's playing Bruce Wayne. Um, I I do like that he kind of says, like, you kind of get, seemingly you assume it's Dick Grayson asking him, like, if, you know, if you had a chance to change things, like, would you do it over again? Like, would you bring us into it? And he's like, I would do everything exactly the same. Like, that's Bruce Wayne. He's not apologetic for anything. He's like, look, you guys needed guidance. I provided it. Sure. I'd put an eight-year-old out there to get shot to death. Yeah, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but I, I just, I, I love that Batman, once he has something set in stone in his mind, he doesn't waver from it. Um, so if he felt as though 10 years ago it was a great idea to make you Robin, 10 years later, nothing changed. Like, he still thinks it was a good idea to make you Robin. Um, and I'm, I'm in INDB still, and it looks like Bruce Wayne is only in. It says Batman slash Bruce Wayne, so fingers crossed he, he gets suited up. But um, it looks like he's only in two episodes this season. Um, so hopefully one of them is the introduction of Bruce Wayne, and then the other is hopefully him – suiting up to help uh, Nightwing fight. But seemingly, it looks like this is going to be Bruce Wayne kind of lending knowledge to uh, Dick Grayson on how to run a team, how to be a proper leader, um, how to kind of separate your feelings from getting the job done, stuff like that. And, see, I'm going to hold on to my theory that they're going to change things and Slade is going to kill Jason Todd um, instead of, like, in the comics, Joker did. Um, Jason Todd Mm -hmm. will not survive this season. He will die. Uh, it sounds really harsh, but the kid's going to die. Um, but yeah, I'm really <laughs> excited for this upcoming season. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and I can't wait to review it uh, with you guys. Hopefully, Thea, you like this season a lot better than um, you like season one. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. All right, let's move on. Um, we got a new, let's move on to our topics. We've got a, a a new report from Collider that says Tom Holland did indeed film a cameo for Venom, but Marvel Studios asked that it be removed from the film. Seemingly, we heard a lot of rumors around when Venom came out. Nick, we talked <laughs> about this uh, on the yeah. show, that the scene apparently was, it was a field trip, um, I guess, to the lab um, that uh, I can't remember the actor, who his character, who ended up being the bad guy, he was taking kids on this field trip to his lab to kind of show them experiments. Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed, thank you. And the last kid off the bus was going to be Tom Holland's Peter Parker. Um, a lot of people said that that scene was in it, the scene was shot. 
Um, and then seemingly a lot of people were like, well, since it wasn't in the movie, it never happened. Now we're hearing from Collider that indeed he was, um, you know, he did film a cameo for it. We still do not know what that cameo was. It does not matter now. But, Nick, um, would you have nah, – because that's not the proper thing to ask. Um, what would it have <laughs> done for you to have seen Tom Holland cameo in Venom? Like, would that have maybe boosted that movie for you in, in any sense? Or would it have kind of just been like, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's a cool cameo, but whatever. Yeah, more the latter. Um, just, like, <clears throat> to me, like, the thing that I was more concerned about, like, going into it, and, and of course, like, the casting, you know, helped alleviate that a lot. Um, but it was just how do you do like, – how do you do a Venom story without Spider-Man being entrenched within it? Um, and a cameo wasn't going to change that. Like, we were still going to get the same story. So – I don't, you know, I don't know. I, 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 it, it doesn't really matter to me whether they, whether they shot it, whether they didn't, what, like, uh, how, you know, Marvel was involved or whatever. Like, it's not, it's, it's not terribly important. I just hope they figure shit out now, um, you know, so we can, so everyone can make money and we can get, you know, the, the best of both worlds uh, as far as, you know, I'd love to see a movie with Tom Holland and Tom Hardy. I would also love to see, um, you know, uh, Spider-Man be able to still uh, be part of the MCU. So um, if they can find a balance, that would be great. The fact that they may or may not have shot uh, a cameo with him for Venom and how what was the determining factor on why it wasn't in there, it's, it's all – yesterday's news as far as I'm concerned. You know what's funny about the idea of Collider saying like he actually shot a cameo? The funniest thing about that is the movie takes place in San Francisco. Right. Where were you going where were you going to work in the fact that Peter Parker lives in New York? Why was he in San Francisco? So like my biggest right. question is where were the two connected? Like and don't tell me yeah. like what he shot was you were going to look at the TV screen and it was Spider-Man swing. Like, no, that's stupid. You didn't need him to shoot that. You could have just took footage from uh, um, Homecoming and placed it there. So I'm like, if he act, if he physically was there to shoot a scene, why? Like, and then don't give me this thing of, oh, well, Tom Hardy flew right after he talked to Carney. She flew all the way to New York. No, it just uh, Feige, Feige and Marvel and Disney made the right decision. Just wouldn't have made sense, uh, and it would have seemed forced. Um, so good, but I'm with you, Nick. It's yesterday's news. Um, what are you going to do with him now? Like you have him back. Right. What are you going to do now? That's what matters. Um, but Thea, does this mean anything to you? This report that Holland actually indeed did film a cameo for Venom. Does this mean anything to you? The only thing it means to me is that I can already see, and I haven't looked at any sort of uh, social media response, but people are very easy to jump on the bandwagon to hate on Disney and hate on Marvel, and I can see uh, certain fans seeing this and going, "S Marvel, see, they said to take uh, Peter Parker out, and this is why they're evil. Ah. Uh, that's, that's all I see in it. Um, you know, the thing that Ven- the movie Venom did was they, you know, took Eddie Brock out of New York so that it wouldn't have even been, say, a possibility in your mind to go, 
well, he's in New York, so obviously at some point there's going to be a crossover. Um, you know, to me, they strategically took him out for that very reason. And as you said, it wouldn't have made sense. I mean, what were they going to California for? I mean, obviously we had him far from home. They went on a big, uh, you know, school trip over to Europe, but why would they have wanted to take a school trip over to California? It would have been, you know, forced, awkward. They could have, if they wanted to have, uh, as you said, done something on the news. Oh, a new uh, superhero pops out of nowhere known as Spider-Man. But besides that, I don't really care that they filmed the scene and they decided to take it out. Um, you know, what are you guys going to do with Spider-Man now? That's the only thing that matters. Yeah, and to anyone who thinks Disney or Marvel ruined anything, it's a cameo. So it means wouldn't it change the movie? Like, if you like the movie, doesn't change it. If you didn't like the movie, wouldn't have changed it. So to me, no one ruined anything. It was a cameo. It wasn't like they were saying, we had Spider-Man, you know, in 50% of the script, and Marvel was like, no, take him out. Like, that'd be different. But again, yes, it is news. No one cares. Whatever. All right, let's move on. Angelina uh, <laughs> Jolie, um, when uh, she was being interviewed, I believe, when they were doing D23, um, she was interviewed, and um, she was saying how she would love to join the Star Wars universe. Her exact quote was, I was cornering J.J. Abrams. Um, <laughs> she said, ask J.J. Um, so I don't know why she would say ask J.J. I don't think he's the head of Star Wars department for Disney. But um, I did like how enthusiastic she sounded and, and how – because the guy was making a point of Maleficent, now the Eternals. You know, you've been doing a lot of Disney. Is Star Wars the next thing? Um, and she did express her interest in, in how much she would love to join the Star Wars universe. Um, Nick, with Angelina Jolie seemingly, you know, being up to joining the Star Wars universe, is there anything specific you would like to see her play in or join or anything like that in the Star Wars universe? What, you're just, like, inviting me to steal your thunder? Come on, I'm going to let you say it. <laughs> you sure? Because I, I, I didn't mind. I didn't mind. I, I, no, I come on. Dude, you go ahead and say it. <laughs> Uh, no, we were saying in, in, in pre-production, uh, I, I was saying how I would love to see Angelina Jolie take on Asajj Ventress. Um, I think it's a character that the animated world, uh, you know, dove into. But if you did not watch the cartoons, you have no idea who this character is. Um, she has not been in any of the movies, um, the live-action movies. So I think you could have a story completely about Asajj Ventress. If you want to, you could work Dooku in there. You could work in the Night Sisters. Um, you could even maybe if you wanted to work in Obi-Wan or uh, Darth Maul or um, uh, Savage Opress. But I think um, Angelina Jolie would crush it as a size Ventress. And I think we need more badass females. And I don't think you get any more <laughs> badass than a size Ventress. So a size was my pick. Um, I appreciate that, Nick, uh, for, for you yeah. uh, giving me that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and I think it's a great idea. I mean, I really do. I think uh, that would be, I mean, obviously she'd have to be cool with the makeup and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, right. but I mean, just as far as a character for her to play, I think that would be really badass. I would, but regardless of a specific character, I would definitely like to see her as like a badass villain. Um, because I, I just think like she can capture that so well. And I, I've always kind of thought that and we don't, we just don't necessarily get enough of it. Um, 
you know, with, with a lot of her different roles. But, like, I mean, dude, if you've ever seen, like, Girl Interrupted, like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> she's fucking awesome in that movie. Um, and, you know, like, she's she's really good at it. And, you know, I, I'd be totally down to see her um, portray just, like, a really, really badass villain um, in, in, in some regard, whether it be a movie, a, a, you know, a, a TV series, even if it's just like a mini series, like they just do one season, um, that would be, uh, I'd be 100% okay with that. And, um, if you wanted to like, even make me like more happy, I don't remember how it lines up, uh, from, um, from Clone Wars, but if you wanted to like bring in Rosario Dawson and make her Ashoka, like, and have them kind of be, uh, protagonist and antagonist for uh, a particular series or whatever that would be super fucking cool and i'd be totally down for that i would say rosario would be an older ahsoka i would say we don't know where ventress is um in rebels she's not mentioned she's not talked about uh, i think we would have a better idea in it um when clone wars finishes off its series next year, because if they don't mm-hmm. show Asajj Ventress at all, then she's very open-ended. So she could be in Rebels. Uh, she could have been alive during the events of Rebels. Um, but if they close her off in Star Wars The Clone Wars, then we now know what the canon is. But the last thing I remember from Asajj Ventress was her doing work with Boba. And if that wasn't the last thing, then the last thing was when Grievous was slaying the Night Sisters. Um, it was one of those two things. That was the last thing I, I remember seeing Ventress in. Um, so I yeah. think she's pretty open-ended. I don't know if she's open-ended in the sense of she existed uh, during the time of Rebels. That would be my biggest question. Um, but I'm with you in the idea of her just being a villain. I would actually like it if in Ryan Johnson's trilogy, if his trilogy has the idea of Jedi or Sith, her being the big bad Sith Lord. Um, in that trilogy. Um, I think that would be great. Um, and I think she obviously would bring all the star power to it. Um, but she definitely has to be a villain. It doesn't matter if she's a Sith Lord, a bounty hunter, does not matter. Has to be a villain. Sith Lord, preferably. Um, but I'm with you, man. Angelina Jolie is a villain. Sign me up. Angelina Jolie is a lamppost. Sign me up. But a villain. <laughs> <laughs> More so. Um, Tia. How excited would you be to see Angelina Jolie join the Star Wars universe? And is there anyone you would like to see her uh, portray? Um, First of all, I have to say, Nick, Girl Interrupted is one of my favorite movies of all time. Angelina Jolie was perfect with it. She is just absolutely brilliant. If she wants to be in a Star Wars movie, let her be in a Star Wars movie. It would only add just awesomeness to the franchise and I really like your guys um, idea especially with also bringing in Rosario Dawson I think that those would be two badass women uh, playing off of each other and I think that Angelina Jolie would have no problem wearing uh, makeup or anything like that I feel like she would probably love it if anything Um, I don't see her as the type that um, would be pretentious enough for that. But that's just me. I don't know Angelina like that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know what would be kind of cool is even if, say, she directed 
something um, within yeah. the Star Wars uh, franchise. That would be really cool as well. So if, um, if that's funny that she cornered JJ. I mean, hey, maybe she thought that uh, he had the power to bring her in or at least bridge uh, the conversation or something. But yeah, that would be awesome. I, I would love I just, her in, in Star Wars. I just thought it was funny when she said that. She was like, yeah, corner JJ. She's like, yeah, if you guys want me in Star Wars, that's JJ. And I'm like, huh? I, no. I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Kennedy. Kathleen Kennedy is, is who you should have cornered. Um, but nonetheless, we would love to see Angelina Jolie in the Star Wars uh, world. And I honestly, Tia, would love to see her direct in a Star Wars world a DC world, and in a Marvel world. Just get this woman directing all over the place. Um, <laughs> I think she I think she has so much to add. I honestly, before I really sat down and thought about Mindy Calling, um, I wanted Angelina Jolie to direct Miss Marvel. But then I'm like, no, I want Mindy to do it because it means so much to Mindy. Um, yeah. Mindy, if, if anyone does not know, played Kelly, Kelly Kapoor on uh, The Office brilliant, brilliant, brilliant mind. Um, she's also really, really, really funny. Um, she wants to do Miss Marvel, and I'm like, let her do Miss Marvel. She is a brilliant mind. Um, but Angelina Jolie was my first pick. She also was my first pick to be Captain Marvel. Uh, it was her, then I went um, Charlize Theron, and then we ended up Charlize. on Brie Larson. Yeah, we ended up on Brie Larson. But anyway, um, <laughs> you said it's a bad thing, dude. Brie Larson's fucking great. Go watch Room. No, 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 Nick. I by no means think Brie Larson is a bad actress at all, at all. I just did not like the writing for her in Captain Marvel. Um, but Fair. that has nothing to do with Brie Larson. Um, but yeah, all right. Let's do some rapid fire. We have about six minutes left. Let's do some rapid fire. Let's start off with. Uh, actually, we only have two things left. Uh, all right. <laughs> Uh, first one, first one up is uh, apparently we have a report that Kenobi will be set eight years after Revenge of the Sith. Nick, is this is this shocking to you at all? No, it seems to make sense. Like that's that's like kind of seems to be what I would imagine would be like kind of the sweet spot. Like as far as it's you know basically um, like kind of right in the middle of you know both of the two uh, saga movies, episode three and episode four. So, I mean, that makes sense to me to have it kind of set right in between the two. Um, so, yeah, I'm down for that. That sounds, sounds like a plan. Yeah, I mean, I'm less concerned about timeline and more concerned about who's the villain. But, yeah, sure, tell me it's yeah. eight years after Revenge of the Sith. Um, <laughs> does this eight years after Revenge of the Sith, does this, this really matter or – are you also ready for some more casting news? <laughs> yeah, doesn't really matter. I just want more casting news. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I told you guys, just like with the Batman, stop telling me, like, oh, we're going to shoot in London. Yeah, 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 that's great. But, like, who is in it? Who's shooting with you? Uh, I'm like, th- those are the important things. Um, all right, in our last topic of the day, um, I'm going to mispronounce both of these names, so... God bless me. Uh, Hiro Yuki Sonata cast as Scorpion and Chin Han cast as Shang Tsung in the Mortal Kombat reboot. Nick, tell me how horribly wrong I butchered uh, these names and your excitement for these two uh, two actors portraying these two characters in a Mortal Kombat reboot. Uh, well, you did fine uh, as far as the pronunciation is, is concerned. Um, 
it, it was definitely uh, uh, you were it, 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 your pronunciation was fine. Your delivery was off because you were you were scared that you were going to mispronounce it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but noted, I am super fucking pumped. Like, um, I I don't know like a a lot of Chen Han, Han's work. Obviously, we all know him from The Dark Knight. Um, and his his role in in that uh, movie, but outside of that, um, uh, I, I I've seen him in a couple other things, but I'm not like um, I you know I don't I don't ultimately know a lot of his work. Um, but Sonata, uh, dude, I've always always been 100%. Uh, this is the guy that should play Scorpion. Um, uh, I just want to give a shout out to all all of their castings and like the the um, how they're making sure that they they get the right actors to play these roles like it it frustrates me when you know I'll see someone fan cast someone for Scorpion and it's just like oh well it, it you know it's just got to be like you know a big martial artist dude like blah 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 it's like no like Scorpion the the character is fucking Japanese like need a, it needs to be a Japanese actor um and so they got they they're getting this right all like all down the line um, so I'm really happy about that. Um, but yeah, this this dude, it, he's got the voice, he's got the martial arts experience, um, and he's a fucking badass actor. So um, yeah, dude, I'm super fucking pumped for this. I cannot wait. Yeah, believe it or not, Chin Han was also in Winter Soldier, played Councilman nice. Yin. Um, Still have no idea where he was at in that movie, but a uh, little fun fact. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, your thoughts on the casting for Scorpion and Shang Tsung? Um, well, first of all, I'm also terrible at pronouncing names, but I was going to say that I think the casting for Scorpion is absolutely fantastic. That actor is wildly talented, has been in so much. I saw a few people like, oh, he's not going to be good. He's like 60. I'm like, the man at 60 can still kick anyone's ass. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's playing a fucking corpse. Like, shut up. <laughs> but I think they're both great. Um, definitely on point. And, um, yeah, I'm excited for it. Yes, I am also. Um, and I do want to add very quickly, very quickly, we did get castings for Sonya Blade. Um, and uh, apparently the main villain... Kano, I think is his name, uh, played by jo- uh, Josh Lawson and Jessica mm-hmm. Mc- McNamee. I can't pronounce her last name, but she's Son- <laughs> uh, Sonya Blade. Um, so we got those castings also. This movie's going to be a lot of fun. Ed Boon is writing it. Um, Ed Boon does, obviously, the video games for Mortal Kombat, so it's like that's the kind of the guy you want to write it. Um, so this movie looks like it feels like it's going to be a lot of fun. It feels like it's going to be authentic, um, and that's really honestly – um, all you could really ask for. Make me a good Mortal Kombat movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- th- this movie, like I said, is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I- I'm trying to think. The-, the casting for Scorpion, for me, I-, I didn't really care about. I'm still just not sold on Jax. I think Makad Brooks is not a good actor. I pray that we never have to interview him because I-, I would have to be completely honest with him or lie to his face. But I do not think he is a good enough actor. I think they should have went you with – Good. I'm sorry. You can't just be like, "Hey, I don't think you're a good actor." <laughs> well, that's no, why I, mean, I would ultimately for this probably. Role. <laughs> I would ultimately probably have to lie to him, but you know, if I'm keeping it honest with him, I, I don't think he's a good actor. To be fair, 
all I have to go off of is Supergirl, and there's a lot of people on there I don't think is, are, are good actors and actresses. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's the only bad casting I've seen so far is that that like bad. Um, but again, I'll probably be proven wrong. I'll probably nail it, and I'll probably have to eat my words like I usually do. But whatever. Anyway, guys, um, thank you guys for joining me, Nick, Tia. Make sure you guys stay, uh, check out Top Ten. Check out uh, Geeks Against the Grain that we just did the other day. And stay tuned for Monday Sucks. Uh, full Court pro- uh, No, sorry. NBA Geekly. <laughs> NBA you Geekly. Up, me. NBA Geekly. Um, and <laughs> Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Stay tuned for all those shows. And we'll see you guys same time, same place next week. Peace. Peace. Yeah.